Welcome to episode 887 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 887 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, and you? Yeah. You know, top of the morning. Top it's, of the uh, morning. It's actually been quite nice since we came back from Bali. I think I bring the good weather. Oh, it's good. It was, it's been chilly, but nice. Nice clear day today. Oh, Sunday was stunning. Sunday I wasn't here, but yep. Oh. Saturday, six degree frost when I was bloody left. It was freezing. It was frosty, but nice days. Good day for the skiers. Yeah. Snow's on the mountains, I tell you. Have you been skiing this year? Nope. You're doing your ski trip? Ski trip's coming up, September. Nice. Two on. days. Two days. Just, you know, going late. Snow's good now. Happy days. Hip, oh, happy days. I'm talking proudly brought to you by our awesome patrons. We've got John the Falcon, Fredrickson, Tim Beastie Besant, Volker, the Vascular Viking Vault. In this week's show, team, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got Pro of the Week. We've got History Lesson. High five. I was thinking, we need to do a high five on how to look after your skin. Right. So, are, you, are you directing that at anybody in particular sitting a couple of meters No, away because from? I was just thinking, I'm, uh, this is going to sound really stupid, but I get a lot of comments that I'm young for my age. I look very young for my so, age. So do I. Yeah. 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 And so, <laughs> I think, A, because I've um, worked in fitness, we've, we've looked after ourselves, I've kept my hair, haven't gone grey, mm-hmm. you know, so there's some things that help. But I think one thing that's probably helped is me giving up triathlon, mm-hmm. you know, because being out in the sun so much is definitely what ages us. Now, I'm not doing this more as, I'm not doing this as a pres- preservation of looking youthful. I'm doing this more as... We've never really talked about looking after the skin on the show. Mm-hmm. And we think about the risk of our sport on your skin. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Good night. The Albinator always used to tell me to use facial moisturiser. I've resisted 47 years. Oh, you still haven't? Oh, oh man. No. man. You're stuffing up. Um, but I just think it's a, maybe a subject. We maybe even get an expert on the show because it is a subject that it's, must be a pretty high risk for us athletes. Well, especially our Southern Hemisphere, Kiwis, Aussies, much greater risk than those in Europe because you – Burn for people who haven't been to New Zealand or Australia before. You burn to a crisp extremely quickly, like easily double time compared to Europe. And as much as I say I look youthful, last year I need to do it again. Actually, I got my mole map done. Have you had a mole map done? No. So yeah. for those who don't know, a mole map is basically you go to a doctor who specialises in it, and they look at every mole on your body, like mm-hmm. every mole, mm-hmm. and they're just assessing where it is. And then the idea is you go back every year so they can monitor how your moles are going. <laughs> the lady, the doctor goes, geez, you got bad skin, haven't you? You look old, don't you? <laughs> she didn't think I look young. I thought, one come here to get insulted. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've also got a wing of the week questions and answers at the end. Okay, John Poe, so let's talk about what's coming up. Not much is happening this weekend, but... No, last weekend. Last weekend, but this weekend is big because we've got the PDO Singapore Asian Open. Um, John... We've got problems this week, Bevan. Oh, tell we me about We've got it. problems. Where do we start? Because... In New Zealand time zone, we have Thursday night the females Olympic test event in Paris. Friday night, the, uh, it's good times like six o'clock. Oh. Uh, fr- Friday night the men's at six. Saturday you got PTO race uh, as well as para try para test event. Uh, Sunday you have the mixed team relay test event from Paris and the PTO. Uh, I'm not actually sure which order they're in men's or women's Sunday nights. So it's four nights in a row 
of what's the problem? Madness. Trying to Connor's trying to wife to watch it, watch, yeah. watching that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, but the the Singapore Open is going to be fantastic coming up on. So uh, let's look at the field because we had the US Open only two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the World Seventy Point Three coming up soon. We've got the Men's Long Course Ironman Championships coming up not long after that. With a lot of intense racing happening over this period of time. We know that the athletes are legends right now, but. It is unfortunate that it is all it is all backed up, and and for that reason we're not getting everybody there. This f- feels fantastic, but um, some of these guys are, are, and girls are possibly not doing the world champs, or have done picked and choose. Um, you know, to do all three would be a really big ask, and there's probably only a few that are doing all three. You can see, Mag- and this, and this probably sits third of three. Um, You'd say the seven point three champs are the the number one, aren't they? Well, if you're okay, an you've got Iron Man, so sorry, you've got four. Oh, well, we've got Iron Man, it's number yeah, one. Iron Man is the most, most effective. But quite a few of these athletes, like Ashley Gentle, you know, this is their target for the year. These, these, this little block of racing, you've got three races in six weeks or seven weeks, and then that, that's you know, season pretty much done. With regards to that, but because the 70.3 champs are two weeks before the Iron Man, mm. do you think that hurts the 70.3 champs? Yeah, we, I, I, I'd be surprised if many are doing this race, 70.3, and then Iron Man. You probably choose either this race and then Iron Man, or is, is, seventy point three and then Iron Man. If we have, we think of the Gomez, um, Fredino, and Brownlee year, mm-hmm. where they eat themselves up, and that was about six weeks before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if if you're Frodo, well, now he's a little bit older, but if you're, a, would you really want to go that hard two weeks before the World Champs in Iron Man? Probably not. You want to race is not a bad thing. No, but the, of the, that, the, that going, you know, you know, what is it? super deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he was not racing. No, so no. Yeah. There's, your, there's your answer, and, yeah. I, and I dare say quite a few of the Ironman athletes won't be racing either. Yeah. Um, the problem, not the problem. The thing is, this year World Champs are a little bit earlier there in September because yeah. you couldn't have uh, Nice being held in October. It'd be starting to get too cold. Um, we'll start with the men's field because that's a bit stronger than the females and lots of different permutations in terms of how this could go. Uh, I didn't realise until, well, no, it hasn't happened until recently. Gustav Eden's now on the start list because he did not get a start in the Paris test event, which he's not thrilled about, to put it mildly. He's not good enough um, and he's not in good enough form. So he's currently, um, there's two Norwegians in front of him. There's Gustav, and there's Blumenfeld, and there's another fella, um, Thorne. No, no, Blumenfeld. Blumenfeld's the top dude, and then Thorne, um, Vettel Thorne, I think it's But you see there's two guys in front of him. Yeah, so two guys in front of Eden. Oh, Eden. Okay, I thought you meant um, Blumenfeld. So then Eden is almost in a battle for the third spot with Kasper Stornis, and they've they've decided to go with Kasper Stornis. and you kind of feel for Gustav Eden. His mother recently passed away, but he has been in terrible form. He hasn't shown anything to the selectors to say, put me in the team. Um, so his Olympic hopes are sinking, I think. So wait, is he, on the, is he in the Asian Open? He's in the Asian Open. Um, re- relatively late edition, as far as I'm what aware. What ranking is, it? Where is uh, it? His ranking is terrible. He's right down the bottom. Oh, that's what I can see. Because uh, he hasn't really done any racing. And with the PTO rankings... You know, it's a 12-month calendar, and I guess he hasn't raced since Kona last year, um, and so he's he's fallen down, fallen down the rankings from being sort of number one or two um, to being I think 127 currently. So, so do we see him at in Nice? Um, like it wouldn't be conditioned for it. I, don't know, I wouldn't have thought so. I think he's still got that Olympic dream, and if he can somehow make it there, I would imagine he's going to carry on racing short course. Uh, all the way up to the Olympics, and it's just going to be see who gets selected. Olympics are this time next year, aren't they? 
Correct. Yeah. Yep. End of end of July. Uh, so it is an awesome men's field. You got Blumenfeld. You expect him to be on form. Ditlev, he should be you know freshish, given he didn't uh, didn't quite finish in the U.S. Open. Sam Long, who's in great form. Um, Max Newman, who we saw win the PTO race in Ibiza, he hasn't raced since I don't think. Ben Canute, he did pretty poorly at the U.S. Open, so he's in good form. And let's see if Jason West can pull out another amazing run like he did a couple of weeks ago and he also did run really really well at the European Open and I think he ran really well last year at the US Open uh, PTO race as well. Sam Laidlow, Daniel Beckengard, Peter Hemerick, Bradley Wise, Aaron Royal. Um, <laughs> it's amazing isn't it? when, when, when Lionel Sanders was ranked 20th yeah you know you, you know like this whole field I wouldn't really say there's a lemon in there in terms of someone no. who's who you're going to go oh that dude's going to get lapped like out. Braden Curry's 36th yeah, but he's not racing. Oh, is he not? In, no. Oh, so oh, that's just the rankings. Okay, sorry, I've gone yeah, forward to the so rankings. So it's an incredibly competitive field. Um, no weak athletes in there on the men's side. Female side, the field's a little bit weaker. So the, the strength of field is 91.34. The boys is 93. Um, but the battle at the front between the top three should be amazing. You've got Ashley Gentle, Anne Haug, and Lucy Charles Barclay. Um, you know, you'd say Lucy Charles Barclay, highly likely to be leading out of the swim and then leading off the bike potentially. And Ash, Ashley Gentle and Anne Haug are pretty similar sort of athletes. Um, so pretty cool to see those two go Head to head in a uh, a running battle, and then you're not really sure what you're going to get from Chelsea Sidaros. You know, if the, those three came off the bike together, uh, that would be one hell of a running race. So, yeah, really good field. Um, Elsie Ali Salthouse, um, she's probably the next athlete to be looking at pretty seriously. She had a really good race at the U.S. Open. Um, so yeah, not quite as strong a field, but. Uh, Really looking forward to that battle. It's going to be interesting because the course-wise, so it's a 100K race. You've got 2K swim. They're doing two 1K laps. And then they've got an 80K bike, eight 10K laps. And then an 18K run, three 6K laps. So it's... it's Does the age group field go on the same course? Uh and their course is slightly different, okay. um, so they're racing in the morning, and they should get a good crowd there because the triathlon sold out really, really quickly. They've got a duathlon. <laughs> oh, the age group one? Yeah, sold out like really Great. quickly. Uh, the duathlon, I noticed, if they're doing the long course duathlon, they're starting at 5 a.m. in the morning, Ooh. which is great. Because you'll miss part of the heat. It was st- still hot as hell. You know, in Singapore, it does not cool down that much. But you don't, have that, you don't have that sunlight. But a 5 a.m. start, that's uh, that's pretty epic. How many times did you race in Singapore? Because you were based in Hong Kong for a while. Uh, no, I never raced in Singapore. Oh, did you not? No, no. There's not, not? Oh, there's not that many races there. Okay. Um, it's a pretty hard place to put on a race. Yeah. Um, Big city. So it should be awesome. Time zone for us Kiwis is fantastic. Australians are uh, really good. European audience really good as well. So they're racing in the, the late afternoon in Singapore. So I think it's a three o'clock start time. So for the females, they'll be sort of finishing just as the sun starts to go down. Boys will be finished a little bit earlier. Um, so again, maybe that'll give them a little bit of reprieve from the sun. But the uh, the heat is going to be pretty oppressive over there. Uh, so we could see a bit of a battle of attrition when it comes down to the run. But no, should be fantastic racing. It'll be interesting interesting to see what commentary team they bring to the party um, because we have different commentators both in Europe and in the US Open. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what sort of coverage we get. Who are you and picking? Who am I picking? Uh, I think Blumenfeld will probably break his cherry on this one um, in terms of he's been pretty close. 
And if he doesn't cramp, you'd think it's his. Um, but Max Newman, yeah. Yeah, you know, so Max Newman has not had a bad, you know, raced fantastically in Kona. Yeah. Raced fantastically at the US Open. Um, so hopefully, what I'm hoping we'll see is a bit of a break on the bike where you might get Max Newman, um, Sam Laidlow, and maybe Daniel Beckengard and maybe Aaron Royal really push on the bike. Um, they should <coughs> hopefully get away in the swim. Uh, and then we've got to see what Ditlev can do, whether he can bike through and whether Christian Blumenfeld can keep up with him. So Blumenfeld's swim has gone up a couple of pegs, um, as we saw the weekend before last. Also excited to see how Mike Phillips goes, because um, he's our fantastic Kiwi. Normally races pretty well in the heat. Gustav Eden said he's not in great in top shape so he reckons he might not be in the mix too much so what I will say is this is what we wanted from the PTO isn't it mm. like the last moment in time we had the European Open which is a great race we've had the US Open it's delivered um, and now we've got this you know like it's pretty cool isn't it it is um, it's been a bit Condensed. Well, that, that, I saw an article that David McNamee um, or interview that he did. I didn't listen to. He did a podcast. He got interview. fourth, didn't he? Sorry, to get fourth. Or? Uh, he did really well. Yeah, I don't think he got fourth, but he was he was right up there. Yeah. Um, but he was just saying, like, it's all a bit of a shit show in terms of yeah, we've got four or five races that are you know four races that are almost back to back. Yeah. At one part of the season, and then you got athletes pulling out last minute, and and then athletes that aren't even doing PTO races, you know, they're still ranked really highly, and so yeah, it's yeah, not so it's, it's, it's not quite there yet. But we've got to remember, it's still it's early days, and we're making progress. So that's the key thing. It is progress. But what would be fantastic is if we have a circuit a bit like the World Triathlon Series, maybe five races during the year, and all the athletes have to turn up. To three of them or something. Yeah, and you've got to commit. Of course, people get injuries and sickness and stuff, but there's got to be some commitment to actually go and do these races. You don't now... All you got to do is finish these races and you're not going to lose money. Whereas in the past, there's always that rolling of the dice going, this could actually cost me quite a bit of money if I go there. Yep. If you finish these races, you're going to get about <laughs> 2500 US. That's going to cover your airfares and stuff. So you're never going to lose. Uh, and the upside is there's a lot of money to be won relative <coughs> to other races. So go to the PTO. Yeah. Hey, we can't complain about races like this. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay, we've got Ironman at Mount Blount happening this weekend. It's a female-only race. It's... It's 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 a solid field. Yeah, you got um, look Sarah Crowley, Laura Sedell, and Manon Guiné, and your top three seeds, and Meredith Kessler in there as well. Um, it is going to be fifty only fifty thousand uh, dollars, a couple of Kona slots on offer. Um, and is that I'd, for this year or next year? Uh, I think it'll be this year. It must be one of the last races. Yeah, but. This is going to be the last uh, Ironman in Mont Tremblant. So, oh, really? Why? Yeah, that's uh, they're not they haven't renewed, haven't renewed their sort of license numbers are going down in terms of age group participation. So it's uh, gone, isn't it? Not beautiful. It looks like a fantastic place to go and race. Beautiful part of the world by all accounts. That's an interesting question because we talked a couple of weeks ago or last week about uh, risks to the sport. We haven't actually done the numbers. Like, what's happening with Ironman races? We've lost London. We've lost the UK. Sorry. We've lost, we're losing Mount Blanc. Like, I wonder if is, is the numbers are definitely going down. You see, and the p- number of races in the season, uh, or number of participants, yeah. But I'm curious down. about number of races oh, yeah, in yeah, the no, season. Iron Man's dropping off all over the place, but there's still plenty of choice, so I'm not too stressed about it. Consolidate, move on. Last year, uh, last year, at this harsh. race, uh, Hayley Chura took it out and. Colin Chartier is still recognised as the winner from last year. Well, on my birthday, I'm going to be really happy because I'm in Sweden's happening. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm in Sweden. Lisa Norden is uh, number one favorite. She's already qualified. Uh, Susie Chiran, uh, Henrik Guber. So another kind of strong field. So Vesterbury, you haven't heard of her in a while. Yeah. Um, she's qualified. She's kind of qualified. Uh, do some research on that one and you'll, you'll see why she hasn't been around. I, I'm not going to make any comments because... Well, that, that, uh, how I can you not make comments I've and say a comment, that statement? So you can go and do your research. What does the research tell me? Um, well, you can find out what the research tells okay. you, but I don't know the full full story, so I'm not going well, to... Well, I'm assuming she's been done for drugs. Uh, yeah, but I think there's a bit more to it than that. Mm. Anyway, last year, Alistair Brownlee took this out in 7 hours and 38 minutes and 47 seconds. I saw he recently went in for ankle surgery, uh, so he's, he was hoping he might come back later in the season, but I think he had a, a spur or some sort of growth on his ankle that he's had taken out, and he's uh, optimistic that... With that gone, he can get back to training and hopefully get back to racing. Also, actually happening today, as we re- record, or tonight, as we're recording, is going to be uh, Ombre Man, which is an amazing race in France, very mountainous. Um, however, anybody that does that race will not, and it's got good prize money, really good prize money. However, it won't get recognised, hopefully, in the... PTO rankings because they don't do equal prize money. So shame on you, Embra Man, for not doing equal prize money for males and females. You're not doing research. I'm finding nothing. Okay, I'll find. I'll find <laughs> okay, so let's just say she hasn't been over drugs because we don't know. Well, John's not giving me anything here. Mm-hmm. But my research, I've done a Google search. I've done another Google search. I'm nothing on on this. Uh, there was also coming up this weekend is some age group only racing in Copenhagen, Vichy, and Cork plus a few other races around the world on good old k226.com. Wherever you want to find non-branded races, that's your place. Um, you've got the Arctic Triple Lufthansa oh. in Norway. You've got the Ocean Lava Man in Poland. And you've got the Peasant Man in uh, the States. And the Polska Man in Poland. And then finally, the Coast Man, another race in Norway. Okay, the big race really, other than the Asian Open happened this weekend, is we have the Olympic Trials in Paris. Uh, the Olympic test event. Now, John, for those like me who aren't that big on the short course stuff, um, is this event that important? Do people take it that serious? You know, and, and traditionally, how do you look at the test event? Uh, in terms of an indicator for the how you're going to go in the world champs, I, say, I mean in the Olympics, from memory, I don't think there's a really, really strong correlation okay. between performance there and in the Olympics in terms of the winners. Now, I'd have to go back and double-check on that. Um, but it is an incre- it's the most important race of the year by a long shot. And the reason for that is... Know the course? It, well, more so it's a selection event for most countries. Uh, so if you fin- finish very, very highly, um, then you're going to get automatic selection onto your team. So going to Gifts of Eden... Yep. How many how many people would they select from this race? Um, for Norway, it comes down to country rankings, so it's not really down to individuals. Yep. It's countries, so I would imagine oh, okay. Norway probably have two slots. Um, it's pretty hard to get three. There's only a few countries that get three slots, so they'll have two slots. Blumenfeld's obviously getting one, yep. and Thorne is well in front in terms of getting the second slot. So yeah, he's. Uh, so if you were Gustav, would shot. you just give up now? Well, you only get one shot at this, and it's only another year, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you one shot at it, and you'd, you'd live your life in regret if you didn't uh, go, I really want to make the Olympics. So, yeah. I think he's making enough money from his long course stuff over the last few years that it doesn't necessarily mean yeah, a money fair thing. Enough, fair enough. And he's still young enough that he but can win multiple world champs. But it does seem like a pointless endeavour, based, based on what you're telling me. It seems a very long shot. Yeah. Essentially, I, I would imagine, though, you always got to... If somebody gets injured, 
then he's got Bloomin' Felt was out, completely out, boom, you're in. Mm. Um, I watched the, and I don't want to spoil that, um, but I watched something the other day. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> Jeez, you were elusive it's, this morning. It's it's on Netflix, <laughs> put it that way. The Mark Cavendish uh, one? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, but I know what happens to Buck because yeah. I, I saw what happened in the but race. But it's like, if somebody gets injured and you're in, sweet, you're in. Doesn't uh, so so he's he's got a chance, but if everyone's fit, I don't think he's got a but chance. So you've got a chance to just go and participate, really. He's not going to win it, is he? Well, he seems to think he's got a good chance at doing well, but I, I can't see that happening. He's got no chance of that. Anyway, but I'd love to go to Olympics, and um, because if you did only go to Tokyo, that wasn't really an Olympic experience. It was just like going and doing another race yeah. with nobody on the streets. Yep. Um, the Olympic experience would be amazing. Especially triathlon, because it's a really good Olympic event. So, yeah, to the to the triathlon, it will be epic, because the course is not necessarily epic in terms of terrain or anything like that, but the, where it's going all around the highlights, or well, not all the highlights, but a lot of the highlights around Paris, right in the city centre, uh, it's going to be pretty spectacular to see where on TV, I think. There's some, well... If they swim, they're swimming in the Seine, uh, and that's the main river that goes through Paris. They've done a lot of work to clean it up. However, there's some serious issues that last week or the week before, yeah, the World Long Distance Swimming camp got cancelled. Um, we've had water issues at the Sunderland uh, World Triathlon Series, um, and it sounds like the main issue with that long distance swimming event is there was just so much rain in the wash-off, and that just caused the water to turn to, turn to crap. So it sounds like... If the weather's nice and clear all the way leading in, should be fine. But they'll be shitting themselves because if it rains a lot, the same thing happens. It happens at all races. I organise a race at Corsia Bay, um, and when we get heavy rain there, the water turns to crap. Well, what's the backup? Food. They must have a backup plan. A duathlon. On, on the Olympics? Yeah, yeah that's what you I'm sure. On the Olympics, they're going to they're gonna take that risk? Yeah. You're not going to. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Sh- wow. Yeah. That blows my mind away. Well, I, I, I can't imagine what else they'd do unless they've. Maybe they have a backup course in the middle of nowhere, but that's a pretty big logistical challenge. To you can't, you can't do a duathlon instead. Well, you watch the space. <laughs> we'll wow. see what happens this week. Wow. So the swim, the big question on the swim is going to be uh, water quality. On the bike course, uh, it doesn't look particularly technical, but it's going to be interesting. There's one U-turn. There's six corners each lap um, in a 5.7-kilometre lap. Um, but one of the things I'm fascinated to see how it goes is they ride up the Champs-Élysées, which if you watch the Tour de France, uh, it's basically a cobbled road. It's not really harsh cobbles, but it certainly cobbles. And in Tour de France, it often ends up being like a single line um, go, trying to go up the curb on the, the sort of smoother part of the road. Uh, so I'm quite interested to see what happens. And they're going to be going over it six times. Yeah, and they're not doing a really long stretch of it, but it's enough that it'll shake the shit out of you. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then likewise on the run, they also run on the cobbles there for a, for a short section. So again, you know, that'll affect your shoe choice a little bit. I know in Rote, when you go, you, you run through this little town square there, and when you're running on the cobbles, granted that's when you're bloody 30Ks into an Ironman, your legs are pretty shaky, but it will make it um, interesting. You might have some different shoe selections. Um, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but really, really important race. Important for points because this season is going to be really close to see who wins the overall title in the World Series on the both the boys' and the girls' side um, because it's certainly not a clear-cut thing. Um, but, yeah, selection is a key thing. And some of the selection criteria is very, very harsh. So, like, you might have to finish on the podium to get an automatic slot and... But well, in, you're in, there's only one slot. So you might go, say you're an American female and somebody wins and you finish second, 
you're not automatically selected. So they are selecting the people who go to the Olympics based on this race, not just the selections for... That's your countries doing that, not, okay. not the World Triathlon Federation are yep. not doing that. Yep. So for some nations, for Kiwis, it's, it's relatively clear cut who's going to go. But for countries like Great Britain, females and American females in particular, mate, you could be third best in the world and not make it. Uh, it's, it's tough. I've got two Rude questions tough. for you. Let's say this time next year, the water doesn't work, it becomes a duathlon, which I mm. think is bloody ridiculous. Bloody ridiculous, Sean. Yeah. Um, who wins? I don't a think it will change the winners. It would certainly change maybe third through... So who, 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 does it, who, who does it give an advantage to? Uh, well, just the guys that are shitty swimmers that, that sometimes are in danger of not making the main bunch. It's like, I haven't got any names in front of me now, but on the boys' side, you'd think if it's a duathlon, you're probably still going to put your money on Yee and Wild. But there's quite a few guys that are like Blumenfeld. He's a marginal swimmer, okay. um, and there's this potential for him to miss the group. But same for Hayden Wild and Alex Yee. So it probably helps them slightly. Uh, and the female side, yeah, a couple of them sometimes miss the group, but the the winners are normally pretty decent swimmers. What format do you think they'd do? Uh, they would do. Uh, I don't know if they do 5, 40, 10 or the, the standard duathlon format is go 10, 45 but I think they'd probably go 5, 40, 10 Oh, that'd be a killer, wouldn't it? would be a bit of a killer 5k at the start mm. Okay, third, third question uh, Eden hadn't, had given up on the stream earlier mm. and decided to focus on Nice this year Would you pick him to win? Yep uh, maybe not at this stage, but if he if he'd given up earlier, yeah, yeah, he, won the, he smoked everybody the seventy point three. And then next, he wouldn't be the next course wouldn't affect him. No, because he won the seventy point three. There broke away on the bike yep. from memory. I think he broke away on the bike. He, he was either he was yeah. So I'd put money on him, okay. but he won't be preparing for it. So I don't think he will. No, no, but it was just yeah. So get ready for a big weekend. Okay, the discussion of the week, John. The discussion of the week last week was, I'm just pulling up here right now as we're doing this. So the discussion of the week was, what was great about the PTO US Open and what could be done better? Comment here. Uh, not a huge amount of posts, but let's have a look here, Jombo. Let's have a look. We kind of talked about this. Richard Swanee knows has got Stop the Commentary continuously referenced to the prize money and how the game is changing it. Um, uh, unfortunately, the cycle was not very exciting to watch without lead changes in the guys' race. The lakefront location this woman looked cool on TV. Uh, Roland Young, nothing was great. It was nice that it was available on multiple platforms, so I could watch it on Eurosport Digital Catch-Up in full, leading straight into the start time for the European market at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so that was a little bit tricky. So you lose some European eyeballs, but obviously, um, you know, for the US audience, it was really, really good for them. And for us Kiwis, it was fantastic as well. So Northern Hemisphere, unfortunately, didn't get a good time zone. Do better. I think they have done to death the commentary team as do better. They still have not got the right people in there just yet. Uh, don't like the continued reference to money. PTO is a game changer and triathlon goat. There is no flipping goat, just a person at the top of his game at two particular triathlon distances. The creation of, this, of the false, false trash talk between competitors. Um, so there you go. And he says, no, I agree with John. Jan should have been given a penalty. Something fishy there. Roland, you're a great thinker. So you, don't, you don't agree with the goat to going on and on and on about the goat and 
<laughs> you agree with me that the aunt should have got a penalty. You're a, you're a fine young man. Scott Horns has got uh, the officiating is very selective and favours the favourites. Yarn holding off his swim skin and being within the draft zone at times. Then Trevor Foley being told he lapped out by officials despite him explaining the rule to the official and the PTO agreeing. I feel athletes should keep racing and then file an appeal at the finish when this occurs. So at least if the appeal is overturned, there is a result to bank on officials aren't highly and officials aren't highly trained and these athletes have a lot on the line to make it in this sport. Mark Thompson says a full PTO race calendar um, with the best four to five results count to, and create some sort of league type scenario similar to the world triathlon circuit but a lot more structure, even spacing of events throughout the year and level out the prize money per event. Too much discrepancy between first and second in terms of the, the prize money drop off. Create a Kona, Ironman World Champs, a Rote, 70.3 Worlds and one other as four majors and build the PTO season around them and take it to all corners of the world. I do agree with that to an extent because uh, it would be fantastic to see a whole season of racing. But from an athlete point of view, it's actually really hard yeah. to race all the way through the season. Especially long course. So whilst we've been sort of saying, oh, they're backing up these events, is that the worst thing actually? Like if they were three weeks apart, it'd be quite good. Cause you do but you couldn't want... do that for Ironman. Sorry? You couldn't do it for no, Ironman. No, no. But if that, what, I guess if they'd had a couple of races at the start of the season, you know, you, you, you're... Um, the Ibiza one and maybe one other, and then maybe three together later in the season. I don't know. It, um, but then again, if, if you say, look, we're doing five iron distance races from January to October. Iron distance? Yeah. You, you Jesus. Know, yeah, or, or four. Yeah. Right? That's what it takes to be the athlete. Mm. You know, and then sure, they might not be able to get that peak performance, but it might be about managing the races over the year. I don't think that'd be very good for athlete welfare. <laughs> oh, screw them. Uh, Ollie Jenner's got here. My interest is down the field. They need to make sure they get as many big name races as possible. Without it, it does a death. David Bones, I really liked Jack's commentary. Uh, so that was the Aussie guy, Jack. Kelly, um, but yes, he did talk too much. When he was on screen, I thought he was it was clear he was pretty nervous. I could see that too. His hands were sort of shaking. I reckon with more practice, he'll be awesome. I think Rennie and the other guy were a good mix, a clearer picture of the groups on the bike and who was in them um, with better on-screen graphics would be great. Brian, Brian. Oh, double Brian, double yeah. B. Uh, the prize money is great, which meant the field was great. It's amazing to see the best athletes go head-to-head more often and over varied distance. But let's be honest. Triathlon's standard format is still boring. We see the athletes on screen ride X power uh, speed at certain athletes slowly move up the field or vice versa. Same on the run. We know the athletes' strengths and weaknesses. Some element of Super League brought to the longer distance could make it fun, dramatic, and have suspense. Or maybe put some bonuses within the race, like the fastest two laps and the bike gets 5k, or the faster run gets an extra 5k, something like that. So he thinks we need to mix it up to make it more interesting. Yeah, cool. Um do, do, do. Vicky Jones will be the last one I do. I thought the commentary team were great. The balance of expertise with making it accessible to new view- viewers seemed right. More on-screen data would be good and more coverage of the battles happening further back. But overall, I thought it was great. Callum Millwood's got uh, better on-screen overlays with real-time info on gaps and position. Think Tour de France and cycling. More roaming cameras focus on several contenders, especially those who can run, like Wes is a good example, uh, who are further down on the bike but will be an overall contender. Keeping the camera on the bike leader, um, Blumenfeld, for example, for five minutes plus at a time is mind-numbing. Likewise with the run, etc. They need to create a more engaging package. Jack Kelly had lots of great info, 
but dominated the commentary. Otherwise, it looked like a great event, close racing for the most part, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, so in general, I think there's... Cameron some... Brown's gone in here. Callum Millwood, Jack is just insane. I don't know if that's positive or negative comment. No, yeah, I don't know. Um, Call Cameron Brown, putting a dig in. <laughs> so... I agree. I saw a picture the other day that was fantastic. It was like four or five guys together. There was Lionel Sanders, um, Bradley Vice, um, I think it was Josh Ant. No, it wasn't Josh Ant. Was Andrew. it in this it was, race? Yeah, it was, it was the other Aussie. Um, can't remember his name right now. And maybe one or two others. Worth? Running, no, running together in this race. And I'm like, we didn't see any of that. Yeah. But when you see five guys running together, and when I looked at the results, they all finished quite close. So it was a good little that challenge. That would be fantastic. So I think... Yeah, the, the obvious things for me are more cameras on course and sc- scanning through the field. So instead of, as um, Callum sort of said, you know, f- instead of just going on Blumenfeld, okay, we're, we're up to speed on what's happening in the front of the race. Let's go back to placings five through ten, or let's go back to see where Lionel Sanders is and try to capture some of him going through. And I think on a, the multi-lap courses that they have there, yeah, you think they'd be easy enough to manage. Not unrealistic yeah. expectation because, like, like this weekend, it's a ten k course on the bike, eight k on the run, hmm. so or six k on the run. So you think yeah. you have two, you know, you think you can manage it, wouldn't you? Yeah, especially when it's only males racing and only females racing. Um, so I think yeah, there was, was scope for that. Commentary, I think we've just got to give them a bit of time. I yeah. thought they were, were time good. To develop. And we've got to remember, Tour de France, and that's the comparison we use, those commentators oh. are commentating every week. Yep. Not all of them, but a lot of them. There is bike racing on multiple days of the week. Yep. There's multiple grand tours. When they do it, you know, they're doing 21 days straight. This is the first time this guy's ever commentated for, for Jack. So I'm giving him a break because I thought what his content was good. It was just, uh, as a lot of people point out, he just talked a bit too much. But uh, so I... Yeah, there's just a few few little tweaks. Um, more f- more focus on those yeah, middle middle races would be would be great. Okay, John. This week's discussion is: What did you do in your last iron distance race that you regret? Oh, that's a big one. Mm. That you regret. Regret's a big word. It is. Oh, you change. What's your biggest you life regret, John? I don't know. No regrets, Bevan. No regrets, <laughs> baby. Is that what Sanders says or not? People say if I did it again, I'd do it all the same. That's a funny statement there, isn't it? Yeah, cool. I'd do because, because Because if you did it all again, you did it all the same. The thing is, if you're happy where you are right now, you can say what got me to where I am right now. Yeah. But surely if I knew what I knew right now, and I'd be to scratch. Things, things I'd definitely do differently. Wouldn't have dropped biology in six four, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is interesting when you look back at little decisions. What's your so biggest sliding doors? door moment? Sliding door moment. So if I if I made a different decision, my life would be completely different. Uh not meeting Gordo in Hong Kong. Oh, really? Like running around. I was running in a pair of, I was just running in bib shorts around yeah. Hong Kong uh, and somehow bumped into him. And then. What do you mean? Which went out for a run you bumped into well, him? Well, he was, he was out there training with some age groupers and stuff like yeah. that. And somebody introduced him. And yeah. So meeting Gordo and also John Hellman's. Yeah. Um, if, I if I hadn't, John Hellman's hadn't had a tri squad at Aqua Gym where I swam, then triathlon probably would have never happened. Like, that's amazing, eh? One moment. Mm. So for me, mine is I worked at I, I just when I just started getting into fitness, I was more I was rugby league players. So all I cared about was weights. Mm. And at that time the gym in Christchurch were for weights was World Gym. You went to World Gym if you wanted to. Mm. Like all the league players, all the rugby players. Mm. And um me being the tight ass that I am, mm. my partner went to Les Mills and she never went. Stephanie daughter, my daughter and my mother, she went to Les Mills or she had a membership that she'd never gone to. And it was just gotta cost me an extra five dollars a week to go to World Gym. So I decided mm. to go to Les Mills. Man, 
Mm. That, that's a different life, isn't it? Totally. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a bum on the street right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Okay, so maybe we should do that. What's your biggest life no moment as a discussion? But oh, this God. week's discussion is, what did you do in your last iron distance race that you regret? Okay, quiz I'll, question. I'm, I'm going to go for a wee. Okay, we'll uh, do a you pause. can just insert some music. No, when I'm, you're I'm, away, I'm doing music. When, when you're away, I insert a music in the I show. I see that, people actually. really you did, diff- you did that. a different intro as well. I did, because you didn't tell me where the other music was, so I thought, let's go with the intro I've always wanted. <laughs> okay, you're on pause. I'm not putting music in, I'm pausing. It's back, he'd been for his pee. Well done, mate. Proud of you. you did it. Speaking of pees, we're trying to initiate the kids. <laughs> this going? With the kids having a bit of, a, a bit of um, watching some movies with the kids. Because, yep. you know, kids these days, all they do is look at their bloody phones and watch YouTube for 10 seconds. And yep. try, can we just try to watch a movie? So we're trying to find a few movies that they might like, and, it, and it's... It's a task we're failing miserably on. What, what, what have you gone with? Well, this is how it comes back to the P. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, let's find something that they're going to watch. Austin Powers. That's that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, good fun. got a bit of comedy. Yeah. It's a bit silly. They didn't last very long. I they weren't into it? No, not at all. Mm. Felicity didn't. She probably lasted 15 minutes or so. Um, but there was the, there's the peeing scene when he goes for the week. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and like, they weren't laughing at it. It's uh, like, quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse when you think something's absolute gold yeah. and the people around you it's don't support it. Don't face. No. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should make it a discussion of the week. What, what movie should John watch with his family? Yes. Yeah. Have any worked? Uh, I've, I've I've managed to get them a few old school ones a while ago. You know things like Back to the Future and stuff. They yeah, watch that. Yeah, still yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. it's Will you watch the Barbie movie when it comes out? Felicity's been to that. She loved it. She dressed up in pink and oh, yeah, yeah. She, she went hardcore on oh, really? makeup and everything yeah. like that. Good. Is she into her makeup? Yes. Does it do your head in? Sorry? Does it do your head in? No, just stay out of it. <laughs> Did you used to do my head in? Because Tyler, she was into her makeup. She actually uses less now. She's a, an adult. But she used to do put her makeup on in the morning on the carpet. Mm. And I'd say, put a towel underneath you. And she, and she wouldn't. And oh, all the fights we would have. Because <laughs> carpet's not cheap, Tyler, I tell her. Yeah. Okay, John, your quiz question. Christian. We've got him going into a bit of a duathlon theme here because I was away at our national duathlon champs at the weekend. So, who are the current world duathlon champions? Oh, good luck in getting that right. Yeah. What, what, do I know their names? Uh, yes, you do. So, there's a clue. Uh, and I'll give you two clues. It was held in Ibiza at the same time as the um, uh-huh. sort of world triathlon. Was it the day festival. before, wasn't it? I uh, don't know what day it was. I think it was during the week. We talked actually. about it, didn't we? Yeah. So, it was held in Ibiza back in. What was that, May? And yes, you do know both of the winners. We're going to go into a bit of a history lesson. Prior to that, a lot of the years, you've got no yeah, chance. Yep. Like, it's just about zero. Okay, in that case, John's history, history lesson. lesson. Let me guess. Are we talking about duathlon? We are talking about Jeez, duathlon. I'm a genius. Because uh, as I said, I was away at the weekend at the World, at the National Duathlon Championships. And it was, they had the secondary schools race there. Uh, and then... Big day for the boy. Big day. Um, but it was a depressingly small field in the duathlon, and I thought, that's a bit of a shame. We've had, duathlon used to be quite reasonably prestigious, and it's not anymore. Why is no it never taken? Is it just that, that triathlon body's never given it love? Because you think duathlon, in a way, should be more popular than triathlon. Because you can pretty much put it on anywhere. And a lot of people can't swim. Hmm. You, know, um, like, you know, you think of people doing endurance sport. Or they could run a bike. Mm. So why, so why does it, it work? It's, it's a little bit strange because you could do some really cool downtown races. Yeah. You know, if I'm thinking in Christchurch. Even in Christchurch around the terrace. Yeah. 
Um, so it is a little bit strange that it hasn't taken off. It's not as sexy as triathlon in terms of the swim and the bike and the run. It's, you know, there's not as many components to it. So I don't have the answers exactly. It's traditionally been seen as a bit of a winter sport. Um, and, now, and now with the triathlon season being so long and people ha- being happy to travel and there being so many, op- so many racing options, I think that's a big reason why it's not as popular. Because in, back in the old days, you, know, you might have a few duathlons and then your summer, there might only be... A handful of triathlon events now yeah. as you can just go everywhere so i think it's you know that's part of the part of the problem but anyway the world um triathlon world duathlon champs started uh the first one was in 1992 so the first three years um and i remember these days they used to be a much longer distance it used to be a 10 kilometer run 60 kilometer bike and 10 kilometer run Pretty tough course. Um, the first ever world championships were Kenny Souza from the States wow. and Tia Sabesma from uh, Holland. Do you know the funny thing about Kenny Souza? Because he was always with iconic glasses. And he had big, long mullet hair. Yeah, and the glasses, which have come back. Mm. The glasses he was wearing are cool again. Yeah, so he was he was a very good athlete, very good duathlete for a long period. And if he wasn't winning it, um, he was probably there or thereabouts. But the, back then, there used to be quite a prestigious duathlon series. And, and what was he like as a triathlete? Uh, I don't think he did many triathlons at all. I'm sure he did some. Yeah. Um, but but, but certainly great. duathlon was his was his thing. Okay. And I think he was able to make a good living out of it back then. And then he went off, and uh, I remember he was working for Cliff Bar. Um, and I do remember that Did he was. Sorry? He did some officiating. No, no, you're thinking of uh, somebody else that yeah. the name's just eluded me. Um, yep. So, and the, But then I do remember he did uh, Ride Across America at one stage. Oh, wow. Um, and Tia Sabesma, who was the first female champion, um, which is interesting because she was the first there, and she was also the first female to ever break nine hours for the Iron Distance Race. Oh, um, wow. And we've had her on Legends of Triathlon. I think we've had Kenny Souza on there yeah, as well. Yeah, we have, yep. Mm. So go back and listen to those two interviews as well. Pretty cool. So, yeah, those first few years um, was over the long-distance race. In 1993, in typical American fashion, they decided to spice things up and go for a really weird distance. They went 5K run, 50K bike, 5K run, um, which is just a bit weird. And um, We had Greg Welsh <coughs> and Carol Montgomery take that out. So you guys will know of Greg Welsh. Carol Montgomery was a very, very good short-course athlete and also went to the Commonwealth Games, may have gone to the Olympics as well for running as well as uh, triathlon and duathlon. And then from 1994 onwards, uh, the duathlon world champ settled on the distance that's still there today, uh, 10km run, 40km bike and 5km run. So kind of like your standard Olympic distance um, and I'm not quite sure when it went draft legal because triathlon went draft legal in 1995. Um, I couldn't see any 1994 or 1995 coverage on the old interweb, but I did see 1996, and that was drafting. It was in that was in Ferrara in Italy, and Andrew Noble won that year, um, who's an Australian dude, and Jackie Gallagher um, won the females race. So that's sort of been the format since 1994. We've had some really legendary athletes along the years. As I mentioned, the inaugural winners were Kenny Souza and Tia Sabesma. Um, a few of the, the uh, legends on the boys' side that have won it multiple times. Matt Brick was a Kiwi. He won it twice. Um, have you ever heard of a brick session? Which you kind of think would be based on just like a brick of a building block of a house. It's actually based on his name, isn't no, it? No, it's not. Is it not? No. I thought it was true. No. I thought he came up with the concept of the brick session. No. 
Um, oh, so. well, that was a bullshit fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is this? So let's create history here. <laughs> and we've had Matt on uh, The Legends of Triathlon yep. as well. Great podcast because he's a fascinating dude. He's he was like a surgeon, eh? He's a, yeah, he's a surgeon, um, but he had drug challenges. He was uh, got addicted right. to painkillers and stuff. That's right. Uh, really fascinating story. So he won it two times back when it was uh, in the long course. Uh, the late Benny Van Stelland. Uh, Don't know he, that name. Oh, he was a beast. Uh, he got killed. I'm pretty sure it killed in, a, in out cycling one day. Oh, really? Um, and he was a four-time winner, but he was a beast. He won it. 2000, 201, uh, Tim Don at one, Tim Don won in 202, and then Benny Van Stel at one in, in 203 and 204. So the Belgians have got a very fine history in terms of duathlon, lots of other uh, Belgian winners over the years. Just on the men's, Kiwi boy, Christchurch boy, Bailey. Mark Bailey? He got second, didn't he? Um, he did well in duathlon, didn't he? He was a good duathlete. Uh, don't know that he got second. I think he may have got on the podium once, but yeah. he, well, he, he should have done a little bit better. He was, oh, really? He was really, really good. He was a really good runner, wasn't he? Mm. He was a freak. Uh, and a very good cyclist. Well, did he ever try, well, could not just not swim? Uh, he did a bit of triathlon, did some half Ironmans. Um, again, didn't quite make it, even though he was in the pool, he was a good swimmer. Um, just couldn't put so, it together. Yeah, didn't quite put it together and try. Some, some people like that, eh? Like, mm. some people, you know, you, you look at them and think, they come to try, they've got a rock, and mm. then they just don't quite get it. Mm. Yeah. He did, had some good results, so duathlon, he did well. Um, Paul Amy, who was a Kiwi who ended up racing for Great Britain, he was a two-time winner as well. So that was on the boys' side, those were the guys that have won multiple times, along with Jan Million from France. Lots of multiple winners on the female side. Um, Irma Heron, she was a three-time winner. Um, and I just did a quick bit of research on her, and this is because we've got a patron in the show that might be listening. She won it three times, and then I looked up to see if she did any try. And most of these duathletes, did, duathletes didn't do a lot of try, okay. but uh, Irma Heron did one or two, and I noticed that she won the Almira long-distance European Championships one year in 1999, and one of our patrons, Marjorie Zikant, or Marjorie, Marjorie oh, Zikant, yeah, 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 yeah. finished in second place that year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In 923, so it was pretty impressive. Uh, so Uma Heron was a three-time winner, and then lots of other multiple winners. Yeah, Kat Morrison, who was a good Ironman athlete, she won it twice. Vanessa Fernandez, who was a brilliant uh, Olympic distance triathlete, she won it a couple of times. Emma Pallance won it three times. Jocelyn Breer, who I hadn't heard of before, she's a Spanish who now races for Venezuela, has won it twice. Felicity Sheedy Ryan from Australia won it twice, and Erica Chomor um, was won it twice, and she did a lot of Ironman racing. Lots of other uh, single-time winners um, and some interesting names. Mentioned Tim Don in there. Richard Murray has won it once. Um, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit. Leon Griffin from Australia won it once. Jared Shoemaker, uh, Steph Forrester. So that's uh, the venues often held in conjunction with the World Multisport Festival these days. So that's where they have the long course try, the extreme try, uh, the, the, the sort of cross country try, duathlon, aquathon, and then they had the PTO race this year. Um, it's interesting because you've got participation here, haven't you? So if we look at age group participation at the World Championship races or some of the races that happen around the year, around the world, uh, what are the numbers we've got here, John? Yeah, so I thought, I wonder how many people race. And when I looked at the World Champs this year, I thought I'd try to pick a couple of the popular age groups. 40 to 44 men, there was 40 in that age group. And then in the 50 to 54 females, there was 30 in the age group. So not massive, but reasonable size sort of fields. Um, 
when I looked at pre-COVID levels, they looked pretty similar. I thought, I wonder if there's been a drop-off. But no, that was it was pretty similar to what was seen pre-COVID. And then I thought, I'll look, because our turnout at the weekend was really poor, and this was a sprint distance um, nationals for, for duathlon in New Zealand, I looked at the USAT National Duathlon Champs. Last year, they only had 217 athletes racing in the field, from what I could see. Australia, 205, and Britain had 217. Um, in our race at the weekend, um, there was anywhere from sort of a couple to up to 10 athletes per age group, um, but that was a sprint distance one. So, yeah, duathlon, not uh, hugely popular. Fantastic training, and if you sort of build it into your season, I think it's a really, really good thing to do. Not A lot of triathletes are not going to prioritise it, but if, if, for example, if you're going through maybe a bit of a winter block and you're really trying to work on improving your FTP and you're doing intervals and you're doing FTP tests by yourself in your garage, going and doing some real-world racing uh, gives you a fantastic opportunity to go, okay, I might just chill a little bit on these runs, but I want to see what I can actually do on the bike when I'm in sort of race conditions against other people. You may do shit, you may do really, really well, and go, yep. my indoor numbers are actually rubbish compared to what I actually see when I'm outdoor in a competitive environment. So I would encourage people to race, um, support your smaller local events, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a, a, a race director, but I think it's important. It's an important place for, for everybody to develop, great for working on your transitions, and just good to get race hardened. Do we think the sport would be better if it had its own body? Because I'm sure for the World Triathlon organisation... It's very strange now, because it's not ITU anymore. So in the past, it would have been the ITU World Duathlon Championships. Yeah. Now it's the World, the World Triathlon Duathlon Championships. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that just sounds Well, because weird. I'm sure duathlon's an afterthought for yeah, them. Yeah, as is long course racing. Yeah, so like, would it be better if it had its own organisation? Mm. No, you have you know you'd be starting from scratch. It'd be a pretty uphill climb, but you need a you need a World Series, and they they do sort of have the the Powerman Series, and that um, that's got a bit of a following. But yeah, it's it's bigger in Europe than it is in most places. There are some big races. I just think there's a market for it. Mm. You know, like why you know plenty of people bike and run. Mm. You know, so, or, so many people, or a lot of runners would probably give it a go. But most people don't even do many triathlons. They just do a one or two 70.3s in an Ironman and they don't do anything else. So then you're even trying to throw duathlon in the mix. It's like, whoa, Back blow out. my mind. Back Can't out. handle that. That's just... Oh, yeah, John, let's go to Pro of the week. week. Now, we've got an email from, from Ken Teo. Teo. He's got, I found some Iron Man history. The Dutch National TV Network made a 30-minute documentary about Gregory Gregor. Gregor Stam. Do you know Gregor Stam? Never heard of him. Uh, he was one of the first triathletes in the world in the 80s. The program is in Dutch, so you will not be able to understand the whole series. Do you speak Dutch? Not a single word. I can say Halvanjel. You love me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there uh, is a very sad story behind his sporting achievements. I think it was quite significant and interesting. So when Gregor goes into his old coach's house to pick up his medals from 25 to 30 years ago, the medals are with his coach because of all those medals didn't mean anything to him. He carried an emotional load because he was sexually abused from a young age. Running was his way of dealing with it. Anyway, his coach had his medals uh, slashed in several boxes. When Gregor comes to collect them, the coach put them a blanket over the boxes so Gregor has a moment to unreveal uh, of some sorts. Gregor knows uh, what he is looking at, uh, looking for, and what its significance is. The 1982 Ironman finishes medal, the 1982 European Championships medal. He was placed 13th in Hawaii in the 82 Championships. That finishes medal 
which was the first iron metal to come to a European contender, I was to, to a European continent. Uh, so Gregor understood its significance. That medal was also his ticket to freedom. That result allowed him to become a pro and leave his home. He's from that Rob Burrell, who we had on Legends. We're talking a lot about Legends today, aren't we? Mm. Uh, generation, whom you guys interviewed a few years ago. On that backstory, his parents divorced when he was nine and he lived with his mum who abused him. At 16, he decided to move in with his father where he was then abused by his father's partner. Jeez. Uh, his a mechanism to cope with the grief at home was putting his running shoes on and going outdoor and running, having tears streaming down his face while he was still tying his shoelaces. It's a 30-minute feature, but it's interesting seeing footage from 40 years ago. Uh, even interviews and race leaders while on the front of the bike. So he sent us through a couple of links, and I'll put links in the show notes. Um, it was great. So I think a really significant thing. I mean, it's a fantastic story. But the first European yeah. to ever finish Ironman Hawaii, which is cool. In 82. So the race started in 78? Yeah. Yep. And so I had a quick scan through. And, and the, on the PTO, they have got all the results back there, and Torsten has as well, but doesn't necessarily have all the nationalities um, for those early years. But he finished in 13th place um, in 82. He swam a swam a 57.23, rode a 5.48, and then ran a 3.27 for 10 hours and 13 minutes. Um, the winner on that day was Dave Scott. He won by 20 minutes in front of uh, Scott Tinley, who was then eight minutes in front of his brother, Jeff Tinley, and then uh, Melina was in fourth place. Um, but yeah, pretty significant in 82 back then. I wonder if those guys in that particular race, <clears throat> if they were given... The race nutrition we have today, the bikes and the shoes we have today, uh, not wetsuits because it would be non-wetsuit, I wonder how much quicker they would be just being exactly the same shape. Um, yeah. It would be pretty significant. Here's a question for you. What do you reckon is the biggest win we could get in a gap we could get nowadays? Like 20, you know, 20 minutes, Dave Scott. You know, that's never happening again. But what do you reckon the biggest winning gap we could get would be? Mm, at Hawaii? Yeah, or at World Champs. About eight minutes, I reckon, on the boys' side. Okay. Would be about the max. And female, same? Yeah, I think last year was a pretty big gap to a second. Could be wrong there. Well, in, the, in the males? In the, in the females. What um, happened last year? I can't remember. Chelsea Sodaro just oh, that's uh, right. yeah. ran away from it. So there's, yeah, there's your, your quick pro question while I look it up. Last year, what was the gap between first and second in the females' race at the Hawaii Ironman? Um, Bevan, do you want to have a stab? I'm going to say, I'm going to say six minutes. I I, I know she won well, but I can't. I really can't recall. Um, I'll go. I'll go five. I've gone shorter. No, it was, it was big. It was uh, nearly nine, about eight eight minutes, nearly. And, and just we, under seven. seven and what was the seven, what the men was close, wasn't it? Men was close. Yeah. It was only a couple. Um, men was two minutes, exactly two minutes. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because Dave Scott back in the day, 20 minutes was, you know, that was early in the sport, you mm -hmm. know, the, the kind of the strength of field was way broader. Um, it's interesting, I'm just kind of in the background as you're talking, I've got the video that's on. They gave them quite a bit of coverage. Yeah. yeah maybe it was because European cameras went over there, but... The, the, when Fredino last one, was that 2018, I think? wonder what the gap was there. Let's have a quick look. Okay. Fascinating topic. There you go, Bevan. Uh, what's the gap in in 20... He was quite dominant, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And the year Crowley one was massive, but that was a yeah. bit further back. I'll say 12 minutes. No, it was eight. Okay, there you go. Tim O'Donnell. 
So when I said eight before, it was pretty much on the money. It was eight minutes and And you'd argue even that seconds. it's harder now. Mm. I would say eight minutes is probably more six minutes, you know, because yeah. you look at the field now. Yeah. You, that's probably not happening again, is it? Yeah, we just need someone to get juiced up and, and then they'll, uh, yeah. they'll smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. Yeah. Okay, interesting discussion. Okay, so let's go back to our little show notes here. Okay, let's go to Wanger. Oh, no. One, two, three, four. Half five. Should we do this? We've got time. Uh, we can, we, we, we yeah. can bang it out. We'll yep. bang, bang it out. Yep. High five. I was thinking of this the other day because I was, saw somebody swimming and their ass was really low in the water and their feet were just about dragging. You're judging your ass? Yep. yep. It was a great ass. It was just low in the water. <laughs> it was a great ass. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I high, suppose we shouldn't name them. High five on why legs sink when swimming. And I think actually a more important question is why is it important not to? Yeah, well, it's just you're, you're sinking and so you're just creating a lot more force um, on so, the water. So drag, basically. Going. So if you think of your hips to your feet... If your hips are sinking, and particularly if your feet are lower than your hips, you're basically creating a, a, a drag, drag. Massive yeah. drag. Yeah. And so that's important for everybody to think about this, but especially if you're looking at your mates and you're thinking, nice ass, but low in the water, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can give them a little you bit of feedback. stop thinking about your mates like <laughs> And also, this is really important if you're going to do some bands only, and bands are a fantastic drill to do, um, but in pretty much everybody's ass starts to sink when they're wearing bands, unless oh, you're an extremely bands. good swimmer. So number one is your head position. So that's a classic. If your head's really high, the, your bum's going to drop down, and as Bevan said, you're just going to create that resistance. So where should the head be? Head. If, if, if that's an issue, you want to be pushing your head down, looking at the bottom of the pool. So um, yeah, the main thing is, is to be looking down rather than looking forward and just pushing down a little bit with your head. Breathing's Sick. number two. And Ben, make sure you put a link to this in the show notes to the little YouTube clip. One of my athletes sent it to me a couple of days ago. It was fantastic. It was a one-minute clip, and it was just about breathing timing because I was telling him to work on his breathing timing, and I was sort of explaining it and giving him some feedback, and he found that clip, and he says, is this what you mean? And I said, boom, that's exactly it. So breathing timing, really important that you're not breathing late, and this was this particular athlete's issue, So and that you're not breathing too long. Um, and so have a look at this little clip, but the two things with your breathing is not breathing late. So basically when your hand is coming over, and as it's just entering the water, that's pretty much when you should be um, on your side and you should be taking your breath. A lot of athletes, their hand will enter the water and then they'll actually roll and start to think about it. And when that happens, you're losing propulsion and often your hand starts to initiate the catch and then you just start sinking. So breathing timing, making sure you're not breathing too late and you're not breathing too long. Okay, the catch? Catch, um, you will have heard lots of coaches talk about sort of putting an arm around a barrel and sort of early vertical forearm. Um, so working on your catch is going to help a lot in terms of propulsion and when you do that, there's less chance you're going to sink, less chance for your hips going to drop down. So a couple of a drill you can do with that is try putting some fins on and doing a one-arm drill and actually watch what you're doing with your arm out the front and try to get that movement where your arm is going vertical early in your stroke and you're getting that catch. Okay, and then we go into our kick. Yep, so kick, you'll hear lots of swim coaches say kick is not massive in terms of your propulsion for a triathlete and you don't necessarily kick that much when you're racing because it's just going to be uh, fatiguing for your legs and not really help with that propulsion but it does help a lot in terms of 
your buoyancy and feeling like you're buoyant. So if you can feel your feet just sort of breaking the water, that means you obviously your hips are going to be a little bit higher. So making sure you are doing a little bit of kick in your training and you are conscious of kicking, especially if you are somebody whose hips are really low. And let's be honest, this is actually fundamental to all movements, but core strength. Yeah, if you've got a really weak core, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to hold your body in position. So having an awareness that when you're swimming, you want to be you know, flat and sort of on top of the water rather than sort of swim, swimming up a hill. So um, a little thing you can do with regards to that is obviously do some core strength work. Um, but you'll often see when they teach little kids to learn to swim, they'll have them sort of push off the wall, either with a kickboard or the, the, the person who's standing in the pool will push them off and they'll just be sort of floating on the surface and just getting in a really streamlined position. And the reason they do that is to try to work on that streamline but also to have that feeling that your legs are horizontal. Um, so I'd encourage people to just, do, if you really are a weaker swimmer, try a little bit of that, push really strong off the wall and just go into a streamlined position and just feel what it's like to have your legs in that horizontal position rather than them constantly sinking as you're going through the swim. Melina's so, great at that, eh? Stream, uh, oh, just pushing, you know, his turn and oh, his yeah. push. So if just feeling what that position is like is really, really important. So quick high five. If you're working on um, trying to not have your hips drop, think about your head position, breathing timing, catch, kick, and core strength. Okay, let's go to Winger of the Week. Have you picked it? I have not picked okay, it. Okay, I'm going to say 73. Hopefully, 73. I'm going to, hopefully it's done the let's work. See. Have they earned the work, John? That's the question. Number 73, so you've got a lot No, oh, oh. that's today, that's today. Sorry, I'm only looking at today. Yeah, look at last week's job. Last week. Last week. Not a lot of last week. so far 73, this week. 73, 73. Yes, they have. Good old Vicky Nealon. She's done 13 hours and nine minutes of activity. Yep, an hour 45 of swimming. Five oh, hours. And private account. Five hours and two minutes Come of on, biking. Come on, Vicky. And six hours and 21 minutes of running. Um, does it at least tell us where she's from? She's from rugby. Rugby. England, UK. United Kingdom. Uh, Rugby World Cup is coming up. She's got she's got a few followers. Can we win it, John? Got, sorry, can we win it? Rugby World Cup. I think I saw the in this morning that the the French first fives out. Uh, in oh, Mac. really? That's a big, that's a huge because they're halfback and first five are, are, uh, are the men. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly the Eden situation. Yeah, he's not going to get there if everyone's fit. If someone drops out. Oh, that's a massive blow a for them. Yeah. Good for us. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> that's but that's the, the, world, the World Cup is, is a battle of attrition. It's like who's your number three that you got to be worried about? Well, in the We've first time we depth. won it, we won it the first World Cup back in '87, and then the All Blacks were the best team always, but we never won it. And then we won it in 2011, mm-hmm. and then 2015, didn't we? And then 20, like that, yeah. 2011 was when it was here, wasn't it? And McDonald, yeah. we ended up having like a fourth first five. With Beaver. Yeah, yeah. Beaver, Beaver was the one who. Got yeah, it. what's his name? Um, is it uh, McDonald? No, it's not McDonald. Um, yeah. 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 But he, And he wasn't a great player. No. Like he wasn't. He, he was, was on holiday. He was on a holiday fishing or something and, and the all-black coach rings him up and say, you're around this weekend. And like, <laughs> they got him a, Kiwis will know the story, but they got, got him a rugby a jersey to wear and he was overweight and he had like this little beer belly and, <laughs> and his jersey was 10 times too small. And he gets his credit for this kick, which is which was not a hard kick. He was basically in front. But he gets his credit for this kick because he basically won the World Cup for us, which was, hey, like he's, he's a New Zealand legend now. But, yeah. And he'd also been dropped from the All-Blacks because he was a disaster. And <laughs> it was, it's a great story. They even made a, a bad TV movie about him. Yeah. So there you go. So Vicky, 
You made us talk about rugby. Stephen Donald. Stephen Donald, yeah. It was close to McDonald. Yeah. So, um, Vicky Nielsen, Nielsen, you are our uh, winger, winger of the week. week. Stop being so private in your life. Okay, let's go to questions and answers. Okay, so good old uh, Brett Chen sent through an email. So I'm not sure if you've seen this article, but it does reinforce John's point that volunteer numbers are one of the greatest threats to our sport. Uh, this was a, an article that talks about the stats around volunteer numbers in the US. You want to go deeper, John? Yeah, so it was, it's a curious case of the disappearing race volunteers. There's an article on triathlete.com if you want to go and read it in its entirety. Um, and this is just US stats, but it said in, 2020, in 2013 in Milwaukee, which is where they held the recent PTO race and they also had the, the USAT national champs. They had 6,000 athletes or so racing there. 90, in 2013, 97% of volunteer roles were filled when the USAT returned in 2021 and 2022. These, those numbers were 68 and 55% respectively. This year's race only had 30%, wow. 36% of volunteer slots have been filled two weeks out from the event. Um, just in general, in the US, volunteer um, numbers fell from 30 to 23% between 2019 and 2021. Um, and back in 2002, Americans devoted an average 52 hours annual, annually to volunteering. Seems like a lot. Um, in Over 2017, that number was 40, and by 2019, it had plunged to 26. So it halved in the last uh, 20 years in terms of how That's much a lot, people isn't volunteer. It? How much would you reckon you'd volunteer? Uh, well, because you put on races, but outside of I put on races. I I do my fair little bit, you know, in terms of if kids are, are involved. I did soccer coaching, um, yep. and yeah, so I, I think I I do my bit. I do a little bit. I like I, I like I, I sometimes get asked to do public speaks, and I do get paid well for public speaking. But sometimes I do it for free, mm -hmm. depending on the need. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge volunteer. If I'm going to be honest. I think if you're an active athlete, you need to volunteer in, your, in, in the sport that you're participating. So if you were back in triathlon, I'd say you need to volunteer once a year. I volunteered once. Yeah, there yep, you go. I rode your motorbike for you. Yeah. Um, I do, I give money. Mm -hmm. Like John and I, we give money. But that's the thing. Lots of people opt out these days in terms of giving money and that doesn't solve the problem. I know, I don't get what you're saying. Yeah. It's really but not, cool to, not to racing. Like we've got, yeah. like we, we always give money to sales armies and mm. we've got an organisation which support kids. Mm. Dave Don was a part of it. Um, we give money to them every year. So we do contribute in that way because mm. I'm time poor. Mm -hmm. So like time's my biggest thing that I, you know, I don't have a huge amount of time. Now, you know, Joe and I are hoping to retire younger, so maybe when I retire younger, that will be something I can give more time to. But I do, yeah, that's my way of kind of getting rid of the guilt. <laughs> um, okay, quiz, quiz, oh, quiz question. Who are give me clues? I need clues, John. Okay, I'll give. I'll give. Who are the current world duathlon yep, champions? It was held in Ibiza. Yep. Um, I'll give you a clue on the the boys' side. Uh, he's he's he's. He won this year, but his triathlon form has dropped massively, uh, and he's a former oh, world, mo world champion. No, this is short course. Um, former world champion who? Uh, oh, uh, Brownlee. Short, no, short Brownlee. course, not Brownlee. Um, I think Brownlee may have almost been racing, but I'm not sure on that. Uh, he's Spanish. Oh, um, um, he's really small. Starts with M. Yeah, it does. Um, Mario Mola. Well done. Yep. There yep. you go. You've got nice. the boys. Yep. On the female side, um, so if you've got to think about it, uh, she's currently a very, very good middle distance athlete. Yeah. Um, so 70.3. And she races for Great Britain. Uh. And she is based out of South Africa most of the time. And she became a spokesperson for... <laughs> which is weird for, uh, for I don't know if spokesperson is the right word for 
woman with periods this year. No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Emma Pallant. Oh, Emma okay. Pallant Brown, because there was a picture of her in one of the PTO races and she had a period. And, oh. and it's like people saying, why are you showing this? Why are you showing this? Well, she they actually showed the, 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 the picture you, with you the period. You could see it. If oh, you look, uh, I wouldn't have noticed, but people yeah. did. And they're like, oh, this is disgusting. Why are you showing this? And she's like, I have a period. Yeah, it's a human it's thing. No problem. It's yeah. like I'm still racing. Yeah. Uh, so they were the current world champions, Emma Pallant Brown and Mario Mola. One time years ago, John, champions. I was teaching a group fitness class with this lady called Margarita, and uh, she had her period. Mm-hmm. And I knew this because her tampon fell out. <laughs> and I'm teaching this class with her, and we were teaching like a fighting class combat. Mm. So we're doing this class, and, and just suddenly on the floor, there's a tampon. Goodness. She kicks it away, and she turns to me, and she with anger face, she goes, you never tell anyone about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now you're telling them about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, eventually she was over it, but I was just, I was just her response was, oh, you don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> Okay, Jumbo, let's go into your swim set. Uh, we banged this out this morning. 300 meter warm up, which was 75 free, and then 25 a zipper drill. Um, and then our, we did a three staged main set. Uh, six by 100 steady, we were doing them on 140. And then 350s uh, hard kick with 10 seconds rest between each one. And then 50 sprint. Next set, three by 200s pull. Um, steady, so using paddles, bands, and pull boy, and then 250s kick very hard, and then 100 very hard swimming, freestyle. And the final set was 2x300s paddles only, 50 hard kick, and then 150 uh, hard freestyle, and finished off with 500 ascending. So that's starting at sort of a moderate to hard intensity, and then each 100 meters you kind of just drop off the speed a little bit. But we had issues this morning, Bevan. Tell me about it. About to jump in. No watch, no form goggles. I'm like, essentially the, swim did, essentially the swim did not happen because it's not on uh, my profile. No. So Why'd you forget them? I just didn't, I just didn't remember to put my watch on. I'm sort of swimming a little bit more with my watch at the moment. Uh, I do love the goggles, but I'm just sort of changing it up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. Here's Tragic. a question for you. Oh, no, comment. Mm. You got very neat writing. Bullshit. <laughs> my writing's horrendous. I'm embarrassed with my writing. Oh, no, that's about as neat as it gets. So what Bevan, That's pretty neat. The reason Bevan says that, what I've done He started, he started taking a photo of it. In the show notes, he used to write out the, what a swim set was. And it's like, well, that's a waste of my time. So now he's, putting, he's being efficient and taking a photo. Do you pan that around to people? No, no. We, so I've got this really good paper. My father-in-law is a bookbinder. And... Um, and he managed to get his hands, or for some reason, he has this like waterproof lined paper. Oh, really? And he just made hundreds of little pads, and it's the perfect size to write a swim program. So you put it on your... On the you shove it, shove it on the blocks, uh, the swimming pool we're at. It's got a, block, a box for the um, for kickballs yep, and things yep. like that. Just shove it on there with a bit of water. It doesn't run, because, and the paper doesn't fall to pieces. Oh, that's great. And so then I just, I've got hundreds of programs. But I do, I do like to write a program every single time, so I never... So wait, you can take it down and dry it out and it work again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because it's just, it's waterproof paper. It's no, you've got very neat writing. Mm. It's debatable. Kids no. these days, oh, don't get started. <laughs> Kids these days. Bloody computers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go on to just say, first of all, thank you to our patrons. We've got... Dean, the Wizard of Triathlon, we've Tillman. Got, oh, sorry. We've got Glenn, the, green, the Red Bean Machine, Osmond. And Gareth Bumblebee Bridge. If you would like to become a patron of this cool show, you can go to www.imtalk.me and put your name in the patron section or the community support us. Can become a patron, put, give us a bit of your hard work, earn money, but more importantly, support the boys and what we do. If you want some coaching, go to coachjohnnewson.com or epiccamp.com if you want to go to one of his epic camps. Anything I do is Bevan James. Oh, hey, if you're looking for a speaker, I do lots mm-hmm. of speakers. You know what? 
it's funny how you bring a book out mm. and like I knew, I knew I've always done a bit of speaking. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy, I think I do a good job of speaking because it's it's partly delivery, but it's partly crea- content creation. And I always get really good feedback, which is you know you're doing done a good speech because afterwards people want to tell you their, their experience. So once <laughs> yeah. if you ever do public speaking, if you've never done it, if you do a good job afterwards, people come up to you and they'll share their experience and they don't actually want advice. Mm-hmm. You shut up and you just listen to their experience because mm-hmm. what they're telling you is I identify with what you've talked about. Um, but since my book's coming out, I'm doing like four speeches a month at the moment. Great. And, yeah, just, and, and I don't chase it. Like I never, mm. but yeah, so it's really cool. Um, anyway, um, so if you want a speaker at an event in New Zealand, hey, if you want to fly me around the world, go. I'll come to your talk. Um, and anything else, you want to send us some content, go to, dub, 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 oh no, sorry, I am talk podcast at gmail.com. Jombo, your goss. So the boy did well. Yeah, so we were at the Duathlon Champs of the weekend. It was a last-minute decision to go up to Auckland um, for the race. It worked out perfectly. We stayed like right at the airport. We just got off the plane. You said the hotel, 800 metres. It was just around the corner, wasn't and it? And then the race was like eight, eight and nine kilometres away. It was a nice little commute to go and do that, a little warm-up. Just a, a boys' trip? Yep. Just went up Saturday morning, came home Sunday afternoon, and um, yeah, he got second, so it was good. And it was a good, strong field in his age group. Like all the, everyone was there except one, one boy, which he would have beaten anyway, I think. Um, so it was a really strong field. Uh, so he did really well. And, and, and what was he hoping for? Um, I think he would have liked to have won, but he, even if with his best race, he wouldn't have won. Like he had a very good race, but the guy in front was better than him. Okay. And if the other guy, he would have had to have a bad race for him yep. to win. Yep. So I think he, he did, did really, really well. Um, and he how, how close was it? Uh, about 55 seconds, okay. I think. Okay. Um, and over a short distance, I think it was a 42-minute race. Yep. Um, the other guy had it in the bag. But um, yeah, he still raced really, really well for second. Getting pretty pretty quick, a yeah. lot quicker than me. You're saying some of the numbers before the show. Yeah, so they did. It was a what, they did a three about three three and a half k first run, and they were averaging, I think he was averaging about three oh nine per k, um, which is pretty decent. And then on the bike, when I looked at his file, I think it was when it was a bit of a quite a technical little well moderately technical lots of corners, and it was a bit wet. I think he averaged like nearly 290 watts on the bike um, and he's only 60 kgs or so and then on the second run I think he averaged about 319 so it's not bad does he, does he tower above you? he looks tall in his photos uh, he's taller than me now yeah does yeah. it hurt? Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I could still manhandle him if I needed to I think <laughs> uh, they don't raise these kids like they used to not that I'm a toughie but uh, get them around the ankles you got more muscle mess <laughs> yeah uh, got on the scales the other day I was like that's not muscle gotta mess. be wrong what, what, what's your number what, what, what? Uh, I'm wearing this was uh, what's race weight I didn't weigh myself before, right? it wasn't where I wanted to be ideally race weight would be about 69 yep. 68 would be really good um, but we're, we're, I'm doing a sweat test this weekend I'll talk about this oh, um, cool. next week or the week after and so the Last Thursday, we weighed ourselves before we did an indoor training session just to sort of do the old way before, just how much you drank, way after, and sort of see the difference. And I got on the scales, and they were good. They were Hayden's Garmin scales, and so, so they were probably accurate. pretty good. Yeah. It's like, 73. Wait, wait, 64? No, 69. Oh, so you're 4 kg. Uh, yeah, it's not good. What's happened? Just what do you need to do with your life, Joe? Holiday and eating too much and getting old and metabolism changing and not being great with my nutrition I eat well I just eat too much I've said it lots of times before I just eat too much I'm a pig how do you stop it 
eat less. Again, <laughs> take, look, look, at, look at the, yeah, the, the Mark Cavendish way. Or don't eat. What does he do? <laughs> on that documentary. I've watched it yet. I uh, watched the Mark Cavendish documentary on um, on Netflix. He just, yeah, so I just, I just, I just didn't eat. Like, oh, really? He was like literally just going in big training sessions and just not eating whatsoever. Wow. Uh, and then you get sick. But it's one way to, to lose some weight is not eat. Do you know what strategy I do? I'm so you, you, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know I'm kind of anal wet processes. Um, I just focus on a moment in my day. Mm-hmm. But like, like I, I say, I, I haven't been on a scale in years, John, but I always sit around 78 to 80, I think. Um, and But recently I, I, I tweak things. So I kind of like, you know, one thing I've, I've gone from is because I like, look at my cup. John, mm-hmm. describe my cup. It's, it's very large, probably 500 mils almost. I'd no, say. you're probably a litre, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So my coffee's massive. And I have one coffee, you know, I traditionally have two cups of tea a day. Mm-hmm. But I have like, probably end up having over a litre of milk because of my mm-hmm. size of my cup. So I just thought I would want a little bit less milk. Not that I'm anal about it, but it's just like, hey. And so I just focus on how do I go from ginger tea from, you know, and just nail that moment and then work on your next moment. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing you're not good at, I know, it's is quantity. Well, also, when you're cleaning up. When I'm cleaning up? You eat when you clean up, don't you? After dinner. Oh, no, I don't do that. Oh, you told me you used to. Uh, I may, uh, no, I don't think. Oh, you're not much. picking away as you're cleaning no. up? We went to the Coro Club on. Uh, no, how'd that go? How'd that help you, KGs? It was. Uh, it, it ended up being less duration in there than possible because we got an earlier flight. But uh, my fam- my kids are like me. It's like, <laughs> Dad, you pay for this. We're getting our money's worth out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was a lot of eating. Oh, you're woolly. Oh, good luck with that. Yes. <laughs> good luck. Uh, What's it, happening with you, Bevan? I, uh, well, John, I have a slight dilemma. I'm going to Auckland, not this weekend, next weekend, to do some work. And as a part of that, I'd stuffed up in my flights. I'm going Saturday morning, coming back Sunday morning. And they said to me, you can go Friday or Saturday. I'm like, oh, I'll go Saturday morning. The Warriors are playing Friday night. Mm. So do I pay more for a flight in a hotel to, to see the Warriors play St. George? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. this year, eh? Yeah. Watch yeah, the Warriors yeah. again on the weekend. It was a horrible game. I was out. I couldn't go. It wasn't a great game. But they won. But I still watched that over over above the football. I was sort of going, I'm going to try to watch this football. I'm just it's struggling boring. with the Football's football. Boring, isn't it? It's really boring. And yeah. that's because I'm not a football watcher. If yep. you were a football watcher, yep, you'd probably it. love it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the results and I'm into it and I'm thinking this is great. Everyone's getting into it. It's great. But I've tried watching a few games and I'm like, it's not for me. When we were in Bali, we went to a sports bar and uh, it was quite good because they had like Five different sports on, so I was kind of watching either league or rugby. But you could kind of in the background. Mm. Apparently in Australia, because the Matildas are doing so well mm. at the sporting games. So like at the rugby league game, the Melbourne versus Canberra or something like that, they had the football on the screen. Mm. So mm. so that's actually happening while you actually had another sporting event. Yeah, cool. and they said it was quite funny listening to the game on TV because you hear these random roars. Mm. They had nothing to do with the actual game that was happening. Right. So yeah, anyway. so yeah, John. So other than that. Go yeah. the Warriors. Yeah, come on, the Warriors. I don't think they can win because there's two teams that are just dominant. But mm. hey, we'll take it. Anyway, John, let's wrap it up. Iron Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.